Can you smell what Hades cooking? Big interview coming up. Frankie Kazarian of AEW joins the pod to talk about his favorite team. Yeah, that's right. Our Angels. Whip your candy ass into shape and take your vitamins, brother. Because here we go. One wrestler from the wrestling world. Pick one MLB superstar to compete in a main event match of a pay-per-view. Who are you picking? All right, well... Coming down, uh, coming down the aisle first. Hey, 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 it's Halos in the Infield with your host Todd Fox here, and you're listening to another podcast, but it's kind of a special one today. We have a special guest, and my other co-host will introduce him. Why are you going to let me introduce him? I'm only <laughs> Fernando. You, you let him introduce himself. Go for it. Hey, guys. <laughs> I'm uh, Bobby Gritch. I'm, uh... <laughs> there you go. Hey. Hey, it's uh, Frankie Kazarian, uh, professional wrestler and diehard um, Angel fan for all my life. What's going on? Happy to be here, guys. Yeah, oh, thanks. no, thanks again for the time, man. We really yeah, appreciate man, it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, well, you want to start off, Fernando? Yeah. So uh, you're a Southern California kid. You were born in Palm Springs, correct? Correct. Okay. And uh, you grew? Did you grow up in that area, or did you move to another part of Southern California? Yeah. So no, I was born and raised, or I was born in Palm Springs, California, and raised in a town called Yucca Valley, okay, which yep. is. Um, 35 minutes just up the hill, little small desert town. And, uh, but Palm Springs was the biggest uh, city in proximity. So that was where you went to do anything, go to the mall, go to the movies, pretty much anything. Yeah. That area has grown a lot over the years. Yeah. In fact, um, you know, since we're talking about angels, obviously, uh, the reason I became such a fan, um, first and foremost, my parents, both big angels fans especially my mom but the angels before everybody moved to either florida or arizona they played their spring training games in palm springs they yep. did yeah yep. and uh so when i was a kid uh we would go three four or five times a week wow. and uh games were i think there were four bucks to get in real cheap um and it was so different back then i remember sitting there and watching Reggie Jackson take batting practice and Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, two of my favorites, just being right up close, watching them in the cage and just getting autographs and being so close to the guys. It was so cool. And I look forward to that every year. And then when they took it away from us. It was so disappointing. Did your family ever take you out to Tempe after that? Or was it sort of like, no, yeah. You know, we never, uh, we, we threaten every year to go out there and catch in <laughs> spring training, but it's like, man, you know, the drive's not too bad, but, it's like, ah, you know, spring training is going to be over before you know it. And we'll just, you know, we'll catch our, our games in Anaheim. And, uh, but yeah, you know, there was something special about that park uh, just being so close to me. And uh, I remember there would be days when I'd be in school and I'd get a call slip and it would be like, come to the office. And I'd go to the office and my dad would be there and be like, you got, we got to take you out of school. And he'd take me to a game. Oh, dude. Awesome. How, yeah. That's how awesome. cool so is that, cool. man? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Um, and, you know, of course, weekends, we'd go all the time and, there used to be a, a lot of, this is back when baseball cards were big. There was a, a 
building adjacent to the stadium that was uh, did a little baseball card convention every week too. So just nothing but good memories, dude. I used to work in Palm Springs uh, three times a month. So uh, there was a store that I did there uh, that was on uh, like Cathedral Canyon. Is that what it's called? Uh, so there's North Palm Canyon. And then okay. there's like, that's, a, that's, the, that's the main street in Palm Springs though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I had a store that I would service in that area and I'd always go get some lunch and then I would always just drive and just eat in the parking lot there. Cause I, you know, I'm big, being a big angels fan, you know, you fall in love with the history of the organization and, you know, a lot of people don't realize how truly rich the history is, especially with Gene Autry being the first owner. And, yeah. you know, he was such a prevalent figure in Palm Springs. Um, so it was just really fun to just sit there and just imagine the history. Obviously that's before my time. Yeah. But, What's yeah. funny. Uh, you mentioned Gene Autry. So uh, where I'm from Yucca Valley, uh, about 15 minutes, um, I guess it would be West of here is a town called Pioneer town. And they built that town in the forties as a Western set. So uh, Gene Autry, Tom Mix, Roy Rogers, all those guys could film their movies and they could stay out there. No and it was authentic and the set stayed stationary and uh gene autry filmed dozens of movies up there and my mom uh met him when, when she was a little girl her parents uh my grandparents would take my mom and her sisters up there and she met gene autry and got a picture with him and uh so fast forward when we were at an angels game in palm springs uh gene autry was there and he was in his limo outside and my mom got to talking with his assistant and she's like yeah and she had the picture with him and and she's like, oh, one second. So she went over to the limo and showed Gene Autry and rolled down the window and called my mom over. And my mom got in the limo with him and he talked to her for like 10 minutes, signed her picture. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember they were talking about Pioneer Town. And she said he was the sweetest man. So I was like, oh, that's so cool. You know? That's awesome. So you never got a chance to meet him, I'm guessing? No, I never did. I never okay. did. Man, that would have been awesome though. That's, that's yeah. one thing that I wish I could have done. You know what I mean? If I, if I can go back in time, I, you know, make fun of me all you want. That'd be on the top of the list. Try to go meet Gene Autry. Oh, he's a, he's, he's an icon. If you're an angels fan and just, Absolutely. you know, in, in general, just what he, you know, just the, the legacy he left with, uh, you know, Rudolph the red Nose reindeer and yeah. all the movies he made. Yep. The dude's an icon, man. Like, Absolutely. Like, yeah. Oh, when yeah. I, I did a history piece for our YouTube page, I didn't realize he had uh, five uh, Hollywood Hawk of Fame stars. He's the only yep. one to have that many multiple for all the things he accomplished in the entertainment business, in yeah. uh, sports and everything. Multi-talented, man. You know, they don't really make guys like that anymore. Nope. And, you know, and he was an entrepreneur. You know, he bought a yep. baseball team and like, you know, and and it became a success. That's great. He's an, It's an American success story. It's really cool, man. And a military hero at that too. True, yeah. yeah he did a lot. He did a yeah. lot. But, it's yeah. crazy to think that he accidentally bought a baseball team too. Right. Yeah. They're just like, do you right. want a baseball team? And he's right. like, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. Funny how that happens, man. Absolutely. So, so who, uh, oh, go, ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to dive into his wrestling. So you. Oh go yeah. First. Well, what was your favorite angel growing up as a kid? Your first angel. Well, so I always, um, my dad's favorite baseball player, my dad passed just last year and him and I really connected with baseball. So his favorite baseball player was, thank you very much, man. Mm -hmm. uh, his favorite baseball player was Rod Carew. Oh, okay. Um, you know, even like when he would coach little league and stuff and he would always, you know, he would always remind me as a dad and as a coach, you know, just don't, you don't want to try to drive the ball to the park, just get Rod Carew hits. You mm -hmm. always call him Rod Carew hits because he just, he, <laughs> He loved how consistent he was and his swing and just his hustle and the way he approached the game. 
So uh, I always, I always knew of Rod Drew. So I kind of gravitated towards him when I got into like baseball cards and started going to games. Like, obviously I liked Reggie Jackson when he was an angel mm-hmm. uh, Wally Joyner. Oh he yeah. Was one of my favorites because Wally Joyner and Jose Canseco were rookies at the same time. And both were, were you know, two of my favorites. I like Brian Downing because he was yep. jacked with the big arms, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I like guys for when I was a kid, I like guys for weird reasons. Like I like Bobby Gritch. I like his mustache. You know, he's a badass infielder, Don Sutton's curly hair, like all those old angels, Doug DeCensis. I loved him. Uh, uh, Gary Pettis, because he was fast and he could jump mm-hmm. high. And, you know, uh, it was uh, so. But yeah, Rod Cruz, my first favorite angel. And then got there's so many, you know, going through the years, you know, like Darren Erstad and, you know, and Kingfish, and, you know, JT Snow. And now what we got now with Trout and Otani and Upton and Tory Hunter and, you know, there's so many of them. But, uh, yeah, that's my long-winded answer to your very short question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll go. With no, that. I love, I, lo- I love that uh, that you know you 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 get excited about the organization. We've had a lot of really really good talent run through here. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the guys have unfortunately been here on the tail end of their careers, like um, you know, Upton. You had just said, yeah, Ricky Henderson. Those are guys who were here in the twilight of their career, and you know, even to an extent, Reggie Jackson, right? Yeah, but um. Yeah, just the amount of talent that we've gotten to see here. I always say that, like, if the walls at Angel Stadium could talk, like, the stories they'd be able to tell because of the history that's taking place in that stadium is awesome. Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, uh, you know, the, the franchise is, uh, what is it, just 60 years old, 61 years old? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's uh, – I think people downplay it's, you know, it's the richness of the, of the history that – that stadium has and that the franchise has and the people that have come through there. It's, you know, it's, it really is a who's who, if you look at it, especially if you yep. walk the walls of angel stadium and you see everybody that's actually been there and played there and, and the records that have been broken there. Yeah. It's pretty unreal. I'll tell What's you your what opinion on the stadium. On the big A. What's your opinion on angel stadium? I, I, I love it. It's my, it's my home stadium. I, uh, when they, when they did the big rebuild and added the rocks and the waterfall and all that, uh, just, I, I feel at home there. I've been there so many times. I went there so many times when it was, you know, I went there to see Rams games mm-hmm. oh. and, you know, when the Rams played there and angels games and, uh, you know, the stadium was just kind of blah back then. It was just very green, yeah. just kind of nothing to it. You know, the dugouts were, or the, I'm sorry, the bullpens were on either side in the outfield. And, uh, you know, it just didn't, it just was just a, like, if you were creating a stadium in a video game, just generic stadium, it was nothing, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden they did this rebuild and put the stones in the outfield and the waterfall and really changed it in the big A. And just, and I, I love how you can see the freeway from the stadium. It's, you know, really, really gives you that SoCal vibe. So uh, I like it. I'm, I'm biased and I'm very familiar with it. Like I know where all the, you know, I know where to get, <laughs> good beer i know where to get the good food i know you know so like uh i know where the good get the good macaroni over there in there center you field you know i know how to so that new macaroni is delicious i'll buy yeah yeah there's that's no joke man that's no joke there's also the chronic tacos there i think it's really yeah good. have you um, tried the big a burger yet uh it's it, i've i've had the uh the double burger yes i have yeah oh yeah. that's that's a good cheeseburger <laughs> yeah they, they really are they really mm. are in fact we got those i think the first game we went to this year and uh just because we were hungry and didn't want, you know, hot dogs and stuff. And it was, it was like, my wife and I were both like, wow, these are really good hamburgers, man. Like, they're really good. Absolutely. Yeah. They stack up. Hey, it's Todd Fox here. 
Do you want a cash offer for your house? Fair price for your house buys homes no matter the condition of the home or circumstances. Whether you're getting a divorce, need extensive repairs, or behind on your payments, Fair Price for Your House will give you the cash offer within 24 hours of receiving your info and pay you out in as little as seven days. No agents, no commission, no hidden fees, and best of all, no obligation. So now I'm just thinking, what the heck are you waiting for? If you're interested in finding out what your house cash offer is, give them a call now. Get your free no-obligation cash offer. The number is 562-455-7154. Once again, it's 562-455-7154, and tell them Todd Fox sent you. <laughs> Literally. I was just going to say, um, you know, going back to the all the Angels players that you brought up in those years in the 80s where they had to battle with such big divisions and only, you know, you win your division or you're out, no matter your record. Had they had the fifth, you know, fifteen years later, the wild card, I think the Angels would have been in the postseason a lot more time. Yeah, yeah, like that. What was it? The '86 battle with Boston. Yep, yep. Like I remember watching that, and I remember old Oil Camp Boy, the pitcher for Boston, and remember how he'd cry after games when he would lose. And uh, yeah, that was. I mean, it was a different ball. I mean, that was it was so much more competitive back then because you had, you know, those two teams going at it, mm -hmm. and that was it. So. Uh, the field was a lot more competitive. But yeah, you're right. If if the system had been the way it is now, I think the Angels would have been. They would have probably had several years in the mid '80s and the oh yeah, know, a couple years in the '90s where they, you know, could have been in the mix. Yeah, because '87 they missed it by one game. So I mean, That's they should right. have been a wild card. That's right. Yeah. Well, well, you know, it's uh, we have that in place now, and we haven't really seen a wild card <laughs> or a playoff game in uh. They added a couple yeah. more. In a while, yeah, yeah. They try to more. help us. Yeah, right. And we're still what 2014. So, oof. Yeah, yeah. So the the plight of an Angels fans, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, real quick to get to some wrestling. So you made your pro debut in 1998. Uh, what does it mean that you've had such a long and competitive career in such a competitive industry? I mean, 20 plus years in any sport is insane yeah you know i mean um i'm a big fan of longevity uh you know and i tell people this all the time like anybody can and this goes for in baseball football any sport acting art music anything anybody can get hot for a minute or blow up huge and be around for a while i'm a fan of people that can sustain a certain level and ride that out and have a storied career. And I'm very, very blessed that I've been able to do this for 24 years and at a somewhat relative level and a somewhat relevant level, I should say, uh, and still doing it. Uh, it's, you know, it's, um, I've been very fortunate. I've had a lot of really good opportunities come my way and I've worked very hard. So, uh, but like I said, I like longevity. I like, you know, I like the Rolling Stones. I like Metallica and I like guys, <laughs> people that can, you know, like Jeff Bridges is an actor, guys that can sustain for many, many years. That's what uh, uh, impresses me uh, over it. Like I said, anybody can get hot and be good at something for a minute, you know, but let's, can you do it for 15 years, 20, 25, 30 years? That's what's uh, very impressive to me. Yeah, and you've maintained and you've, uh, you know, you reinvented yourself. 
you've gone into different divisions, different companies, and you've still sustained that that respectability and a wrestler that people want to see. And for for me as a fanboy, dude, I still go back to uh, Victory Road, 2008 TNA, where he did that move off the X on uh, Davari. That oh. was that was insane, bro. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Was that your idea? Was or or, or how did that work uh, out? Any, all the um, all the Ultimate X stuff that was high risk or insane was my idea. And wow. at that point, at that point, I had already done the um, uh, the the diamond cutter to Chris Daniels when he was hanging off. You know, and oh, like yeah. I had already done some pretty spectacular uh, moves from the structure. So I was always back then, at least, I was always trying to top myself. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was in a kind of a weird headspace at the time and like really, you know, was kind of throwing caution to the wind and like, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I was like, oh, I could, <laughs> break, I could break my hip, but whatever. Um, so yeah, no, so I, I thought about it and I pitched the idea to um, Davari, who was the guy that took the leg drop and, yep. and, uh, and it was, the weird thing about it, I remember is, you know, I just kind of went up there and made sure I could stand up and do it. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, this will be, this will be no problem. And, uh, when I actually went and did it, I was stood up there. Same thing. I thought this couldn't, this will be, this will be easy. And as soon as I jumped, I remember, I mean, I jumped and landed like that. But yep. in that time, I remember thinking, how am I supposed to land? <laughs> I was like, I never, I actually, I only thought about the jump. I didn't think about the landing. So I was like, wow. So all that went through my head. I, I hit him. I landed on my hip. Luckily I really didn't get hurt. I mean, I was, I was walking kind of bad the next couple of days, but, uh, yeah, just one of those that youthful exuberance got the best of me. And uh, but you know what, man, people, uh, you're not the first. People talk to me about that all the time. So I'm I'm proud that I have one of those iconic moments in the industry to you know to look back on. It's pretty cool. Well, yeah, because I remember watching it live, and then I was at home with the audience saying, "Holy shit!" <laughs> you know, <I> <laughs> it's cool to see the fan reactions for those things. You know, like those 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 TNA fans were rabid. You know, TNA used to get a bad rap, but God, our fan base was they were very dead. oh yeah they were rabid and uh and that was cool and that's you know that's that's why you do it you do it for that reaction and for that you know wrestling is about moments and that's uh a moment i'm very proud of absolutely should be absolutely how would you describe the training regimen to become a pro wrestler you know for anybody who's out there wanting to get into that industry uh so it's different now um so when i came up you know there was a huge emphasis on physiques and how you looked and like you had to if not be big and jack, you had to at least look like an athlete. Like you had to look like something. Mm-hmm. So you had to train, you know, for aesthetics to look a certain way, but you also have to train for functionality to be able to go out there and wrestle for 15, 20, 25 minutes to, you know, uh, to, to be able to do the moves that we have to do in the course of a match. Um, you know, nowadays, a lot of, you know, there's not as much of a uh, emphasis on how you look. Uh, which is good and bad because, you know, guys aren't pressured into looking a certain way, but at the same time, you've got a lot of guys showing up looking like complete slobs. And it's just, it's, you know, it's kind of taken the mystique of pro wrestling away, if you ask me. But uh, I mean, you just have to like, now I, I train to, you know, I'm lighter than I've ever been. And I, I train to look a certain way, but more importantly, to feel a certain way. You know, I want to be able to move good. I want my flexibility to be on point. I want my quickness to be on point. Uh, you know, I want to maintain my strength. So it's, it's tough. It's, it's never ending. If you want to do this for a living, it's never ending. You're, you're never not training. Yeah. You know, we're doing this all the time. We don't have an off season. So you have to 
you know, you have to live that um, Groundhog Day-like lifestyle. Get up, train, go to the gym, focus, all that stuff. If you're injured, dealing with nagging injuries, you have to, you have to, uh, you know, address that. Um, it's just for me, it's it's just a day in the life. But you know, it takes a lot to get to that level. Yeah, I, I'll give you professional wrestlers a lot of props. I travel a lot for work. I'm go- I'm on the road about 15, 18 days a month. I mean, wow. we have friends in you know the Angels organization who you know they they. I, I have dinner with them. We talk about how much I travel, you know, and they're like, dude, yeah. you travel wait, you travel more than I do. And, yeah. you know, I'm looking at you and I'm like, you travel more than I do. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. The traveling anymore. Like, you know, we always say you know, the wrestling we do for free. It's all the traveling and stuff. That oh, yeah. Us for. Yeah. Like I, you know, sitting in, there's sitting in an airplane for three, four five hours, especially being out here in the West and I'm always going back East, you know, there's no such thing as a comfortable airline seat. Yeah. Even the first class, it's not, it's not comfortable. They're not built for humans. I don't know what they're built for, but uh, so yeah, just sitting, you know, that, that tightens your back up driving a car for long times is tight, you know, so I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. Chiropractor is my best friend. I yeah, can only imagine yeah. it's the same thing for you. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. That's the traveling is what kind of is the drag, you know, but, yep. you know what? Hey, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm fortunate to do it. Have you done the JetBlue Mint experience yet? Have you tried that one? No, I haven't because I'm a Delta snob and I've flown nothing okay. but Delta for close to 20 years. And um, so, yeah, I've I, I would do JetBlue back in the day um, and I always enjoyed them. But, yeah, I've, I'm such a Delta snob. I've been strictly <laughs> them for a long time. OK, yeah. I, for, for me, it's American. So, you know. OK, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I haven't gone to do any of the Delta lounges, but I mean, I, I, I've earned the lounge status with American, which they're not the best. I'll yeah, say that. I mean, but those, you know, those are, those are invaluable on long layovers or yeah. delays, you know, you go in there, you, your drinks, your food, everything. It just, you know, that's a, that's a good thing to have anybody that travels. If they don't have some type of uh, airline lounge um, membership, I highly suggest you get one. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to pop in there for a nap on a long layover. You know, sometimes certainly. they have the little lounges. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Certainly. I got. I got to ask you another wrestling question, though. This sure. is my second one, man. Sure. But but when you first, when I first started noticing you, it was early days of TNA. You know, TNA had those young rosters as you, with yourself and just high flyers, X division things like that. Yep. And I didn't know till afterwards what a good friendship you built up with a fallen angel, Christian Daniels. He was always one of my favorites too. That was in the X division, and to hear some of the stories about how he helps out the the younger wrestlers, getting them over things like that, where he's at now. Uh, same thing. I mean, you guys have grown up in the business. Now that you've been in it for a while now, you're still elite wrestlers, but you're giving back some, some of the things that we didn't see maybe in prior generations. How is that? that is that something you guys do together or is it, or you guys have your own, your own thing? No, that's, that's, uh, I mean, Chris Daniels now is in a position where he's, you know, he's, he has kind of an office job with AEW and, you know, he's kind of in that role to mentor people. And he's always been a guy that was really good at that and really good at giving advice and really happy to give advice and goes out of his way to help people and, and uh, you know, tell them what they're doing right, tell them what they're doing wrong, always in a very, um, in a very unselfish way. That's one thing he is very unselfish. Uh, I'm one of the guys that I, uh, it's weird. I only, I will never go give somebody unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. Uh because I see a lot of guys do that and they do it for the wrong reasons. They do it because, you know, they want people to say, look at me, I'm helping out this, you know, 
oh, what I they're see. doing. It's self-serving. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've always, you know, but I will say, if, you know, a, a lot of times people will come up and go, can you please watch my match? Or can you please give me feedback on this? And I absolutely, and I'll go out of my way to watch that match and do that. But, um, you know, for the most part, I keep to myself when it comes to that. Um, and, you know, a guy like Chris Daniels, he just that he has kind of has that nurturing, mm-hmm. uh, mentoring, training uh, gene in him that he's just very good. And like I said, he's very good about just noticing something and going up to someone and then tell them to maybe tweak it and they tweak it and if they listen and, yeah. uh, and it's, you know, and it's, it's made, it's up their game. And that's what it, to your point, it is, the business is supposed to be all about giving back. You know, mm-hmm. I had people that I had meant, you know, going back to Killer Kowalski and then going to like, you know, Jerry Lynn and Terry Taylor and just a lot of people that helped mentor me and the business is supposed to be about that. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. All right, so last two wrestling questions I have before we talk some more angels. Sure. So you've been around the wrestling block, if you will, you know, for some of the big names, you know, TNA, WWE, Ring of Honor, AEW. What's like one of the differences between the companies that you don't mind sharing? Oh, boy. I mean, so TNA, I was, I was with TNA when they were a, a startup, which was, you know, a real unique position to be in uh, at a time when, there was only one dog in town and um, you know, and the business was in a really unique position right after the WCW buyout and along came TNA and nobody really gave us a chance. And we picked up some steam and we had a, an absolutely phenomenal roster, especially in the early days, you know, look at the guys that started there and look what they're doing now. Look at AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Chris Saban and, Alex Shelley and Bobby Roode, mm-hmm. just amazing, you know, and then you add the veterans like Kurt Angle and Christian and the Dudleys and Sting. It's, it really was, it, it, it became a very fun place to work. And we, you know, TNA became very competitive. They were drawing, you know, well over a million viewers every week. And not a lot of people to this day can say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the short time I had in WWE, uh, you know, I at the time wasn't mature enough to be there, but that place is a well-oiled machine. There's a reason they're the biggest game in town and they're always going to be. Uh, they have their stuff down. Their production is top-notch and cannot be touched. They, um, that is a, a wrestling business. That's when you think of the wrestling business, it's WWE because they have a head start on everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was there, personally, I wasn't ready for it to be a business. It was still kind of my fun thing I did and it became a business quickly. And now with AEW, you know, it's another startup company and, um, you know, kind of in the same position, but, you know, AEW is able to get television really quick. And uh, that gave them a, you know, uh, by leaps and bounds, that gave them a a whole lot more momentum than they would have had had they started on a streaming platform or something else. So it's, I've been in all the companies at really different times. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's all, it says wrestling on the marquee. in all the every arena you go into for Impact, AEW, WWE, there's, you know, a wrestling ring in the center, and that's all that really ever matters to me. Uh, and wrestling fans, every eighteen inches, hopefully all over the building. Sometimes not. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the companies, you know, they're all going to have their good and bad uh, aspects. Uh, you know, you're always going to deal with politics. You're always going to deal some deal with some backstabbing and some he said, she said stuff, but at the end of the day, my focus is to go in there and wrestle and have the absolute best match I can and uh, just continue to do my craft at the highest level I can. 
And I like uh, just one quick thing on the AEW is the fact that they started out without any sort of age restrictions. They were able to dip into, like Fernando was saying when we, we were off air, that you guys are, you know, kind of like the attitude era a bit. You know, you're able to be a little more freelance with things you do. Yeah. Yeah. They've, uh, you know, they've really, they're really catering to that section of the audience, um, you know, and uh, a lot of people are very much happy to see that, happy that, you know, they get to see blood on a weekly basis. I personally think that a lot of those things you have to really, that's a slippery slope because you don't want to paint yourself into a corner, um, you know, and just presenting a certain thing, you know, yes. wrestling should be, wrestling should be a variety show. There should be something for everybody, not just the hardcore fan. Um, but, you know, I think AEW is really, um, you know, presenting a solid all around show. And I think right now all the companies are really, my opinion, uh, not that I, watch regularly because i don't so let me put that out there but <laughs> from friends i talk to and things i read like every company right now is really putting on the best possible work they can and uh you know wrestling fans are still going to probably complain because you know that's <laughs> the nature of wrestling fans but uh you know be happy that hey man when i was a kid i got one hour wrestling a week mm-hmm. people people now have eight nine ten eleven hours a week to watch so yeah. you know you have you know it's almost an abundance of riches. So be oh, yeah. happy, be happy that you have that much to consume. Plus, I mean, yeah. especially now you have YouTube and streaming services sure. to watch old pay-per-views. Literally, I mean, I, you can watch wrestling for hours and hours and hours and not even scratch the surface anymore. 100%, man. Yeah, so it's so much, there's so much now. It's almost, I mean, sometimes it feels like too much, to be honest. You know, there's too, <laughs> it's too, too, like if you, if, I don't know how these wrestling fans keep up with it. If you're a fan yeah. of, mm-hmm. Impact, MLW, uh, AEW, ROH when it was a thing. Like it, you know, it's it's. I don't know where you find the time. I have a hard enough time keeping up with Better Call Saul and Mayans. Like, I, you know, like <laughs> I can't. I don't. I let alone nine hours of wrestling. So. One one more episode left of Better Call Saul. By the yeah, way, yeah. I just I just I just finished watching the the, the most recent one. And boy, that's been outstanding. I love that show. show. Mm-hmm. Yep, phenomenal. I'm- I'll say this, and I've said this about MLB, uh, and it's the same thing with wrestling. You know, as a fan of both, we're definitely in a golden age of wrestling and a golden age of baseball. You know, in terms of wrestling, there's just so much content that, you know, you can truly cater your taste to what you're watching because of the accessibility of it. And in terms of baseball, I've I've been saying that we're, we're in an age right now where there's just so much talent. We've never seen this level of talent in the MLB before. You know, you have guys who are built like middle linebackers and the, look, look at Mike Trout. You have a guy who is a true two-way player. No disrespect to Babe Ruth, but he's playing against plumbers, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's just the never ending amount of talent we, we see in sports these days, period. You can't take it for granted. No, you're right. It's, you know, it really is a cool time uh, to be a baseball fan. Uh, you know, that, and baseball, that's why I think kids are so drawn to it. Cause like baseball for me, like the players were always like football players were just football players. Baseball players were like stars, star yeah. athletes to me, you know, just be, I don't know, maybe it has something to do with because you can see their face all the time. They're not going to, you know, I don't know what yeah, it is, sir. but yeah, it's like, yeah, like now, uh, like, you know, Tani and Trout, I'm so glad my son has grown up watching them, you know, and it's so cool to watch them. And even like my wife is Canadian. She's a big Blue Jays fan. And that team is a lot of fun to watch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially with, with Vladdy and, and 
Bichette and Biggio and all those second generation guys and Aaron Judge and you know Tatis is coming back soon. Yeah, it's it's really cool and it's it is another like golden age, man. Like it's absolutely it really is right now. You can look what at that. Of, at, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna ask what part of Canada your wife's from. My wife's from Canada too. Oh, so she's from uh, a little small farming town uh, about two hours out of Toronto called St. Mary's, Ontario. Ah, okay. And, My uh, wife's actually, from Nova Scotia. Okay, actually, and the, the baseball tie into that is that is uh, St. Mary's, Ontario is the uh, site of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Wow. Okay, uh, I yeah. didn't know that. So it's cool. Yeah, we went up there. When I first started going up there, we went up there and checked it out. And it's, it's pretty cool. It's, you know, a little bit of history there. Absolutely awesome. That's all I, was gonna, I was just going to mention about the American League East. You can talk about, you know, all five uh, teams are alive in the, for the wild card or the division. Yeah. So, I mean, it's fun for baseball. I haven't seen that myself in a, in a while. So, yeah, it's cool. It's cool to even see the Orioles on fire lately. You know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's really fun. And we got, like I said, we have the uh, MLB package so we can watch the Jays games. Mm-hmm. And it always works out because they play at, you know, uh, four o'clock our time. You know, so by the time the Jays games are over, the Angels game is starting if they're at home. Yeah. So it works out cool. So you can watch both games. And, and uh, yeah, and that's fun. Like I said, my, you know, my son gets to watch those guys. He, you know, he's a big Otani and Trout fan. He loves, uh, he loves uh, Bo Bichette. So uh, it's, it's really cool that we have that caliber of, of star playing on all these teams. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a seven-year-old too. So, you know, I, you know, I completely understand. I mean, you know, you're a fan of a team, but there's nothing like being a fan of a team when your kids start to take interest and you get to start yeah. taking your kids to the game. That's the best feeling ever. And, you know, because of Todd and I doing this, we've gotten to meet a lot of the players. And my son has had to meet some of the players. We've had dinner with some of them. And, you wow. know, for someone like him, it's awesome. You know what I mean? He gets access to these guys and it only motivates him more to enjoy the game. And, you know, I love that. There's nothing like having your sure. kids love baseball. Yeah, because I remember anytime when I would be at those Angels games at Palm Springs and anybody's, uh, I remember getting an autograph from Terry Pendleton when the Braves were in town. I think it like everybody was like a, everybody was a superstar to me. Everybody, <laughs> you know, it was cool. And yeah, like this year, uh, my son's always liked baseball. This year was the first year he really started paying attention at the games and really, you know, so who's up? Oh, Walsh is up. Who's up? Who's up? And uh, we were we were actually at the game uh, when Seattle was in town and the fight happened. Oh, <laughs> and we were yeah, we were sitting probably we were on the third base side and we were probably 12 rows back. So it was right in front of us. My son was <laughs> losing his mind. It was oh. insane. So it was, it was like, it was cool. It he was, wasn't was, the kid who got flipped off. Was he? No, it wasn't him. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, cool. No, we were standing up watching. He was, he had never seen anything like that. And, uh, and I told him in the first inning, I said, something might happen today. And uh, sure enough, it did. So well, I'm it was, pretty it, sure. It was I'm cool, pretty, man. I'm pretty sure if your yeah, son right. was flipped off, you would have came off of the dugout right on yeah, the winker. <laughs> I don't know, man. Only when the red light's on, man. I don't need, oh, I don't okay. need, I don't need that smoke. You know, My God, that's need. Frankie's music. Yeah, yeah. My God. And He's cool. coming we, down the aisle. We've been to, uh, we've been to uh, maybe more. We've been to four. I know we've been to at least four games this year, and they've won every game we've been at. Uh, and every one of them, something special happened. We were at the game where they broke out of the 15-game slump. Okay. Um, awesome. We were at the game where um, Walsh hit for the cycle. Okay. Uh, we were at a game where uh, Otani pitched and hit two home runs and trouted home run. And we were at the game with a fight. So like everything, something cool has happened <laughs> at every game. And they've won. They've won, which is it, this season in particular, is pretty cool to be at, you know, every, all winning games. 
we've got to get you season tickets. I, that's, yeah, right. <laughs> that's what everybody, anytime I post about it on social media or Twitter, uh, you know, a bunch of angel fans I'm friends with and follow me and they're like, can you just get season tickets already? I'm like, yeah. Hey man, I know let's, let's do it. I'm a, I, I'll reach out to my connections and get you, uh, get yeah. you some seats there in the club level. That way you can go there as many times as you need. We got to work awesome, that into man. his wrestling contract. Okay, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll put that language in my next deal. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so last wrestling question I have uh, more of a fun one. Yeah. So, you know, if you're in, in charge of booking, pick one wrestler from the wrestling world, pick one MLB superstar to compete in a main event match of a pay-per-view. Who are you picking? All right. Well, Coming down, uh, coming down the aisle first from Gainesville, Georgia, be the phenomenal AJ Styles. Oh, okay. okay, all right, outstanding athlete, and he's going to be uh, in the ring with uh, an equally outstanding athlete, number twenty-seven from the Los Angeles <laughs> Angels of Anaheim, Mike Trout. All right, about okay, that, AJ Styles versus Mike Trout. Okay, Two phenomenal athletes at the peak of their game. Book it. That's money be- right there. That's That'd be money. pretty fun. Who yeah. who would you want to fight? In a, in a you know in this hypothetical world, if you're yeah. on the card, uh, I'd like to fight uh, Rognado Dor. Oh, I mind, but yeah. <laughs> All right, because yeah, okay. he's uh yeah he's uh, not a big fan of his. I respect the hell out of his playing. He's an incredible player. He's scrappy and he can throw a good right. Uh, so I'd like <laughs> to see if we can him and I can mix it up. Okay, there you go. Or, I like that or, answer. I or I would answer. say for the box office of it, I would go in there and uh, I'd go in there against Judge, do the oh, David okay. and Goliath thing. You know, all I'd right. do it in New York so I could be the heel. All right, know. take I, all okay. the heat. Yeah, I could yeah, be right. the sh- I could be the shit heel, steal the victory. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Off air, I told Todd that uh, Brock Lesnar, Giancarlo Stan would be a you know an interesting match. Yeah, that'd be pretty good too. That'd be pretty good too. Yeah. That'd yep. be interesting. Uh, real quick, though, too, to follow off of that, uh, you know how you brought up the fact that, uh, you know, Christopher Daniels is a guy that can teach wrestlers if they want to listen. I feel we need someone like that as a hitting coach for our players. Well, what, what, what are your thoughts on, on the way the hitting's been so bad? So early in the season, I was always saying to my wife or my mom, who's a big fan, I would always, at the end of every game, I would always, always say, my God, we are going down looking a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, so uh, it was only about three weeks ago, I was looking into some stats and we, the angels are, I don't know if they still are, but at, at the time we're leading yes, and we are. going down looking. And I was, I was like that and so many swinging under the balls and f- like infield fly ball outs. And I was like, okay, at some point you have to point your finger at the hitting coach. Mm-hmm. Like, look at, I know it's, you know, it's one of those years where we've been snake bit and where everybody was hot at once and everybody got cold at once, but like the hitting has been consistently, you know, and I say this just as a, as a fan that doesn't have the skill, but it's been consistently poor. You know, we haven't been aggressive. Uh, you know, we've been, like I said, swinging under the ball and it just, it just uh, is frustrating. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, you know, I mean, you, you can point your fingers at the players individually, but, you know, I think uh, we kind of need to retool the coaching staff going forward as well. I mean, there's a lot of things that we need to work on, but hitting coach might be at the top of that list. Yeah. Do you, do you think that 
the bulk of the coaching staff is scrubbed clean. You know, c- considering the fact that Perry Manazian doesn't have any of his guys in the coaching staff, he acquired yeah. all these guys. Yeah, probably. You know, with the shakeup uh, of um, of Nevin coming in, you know, when he did, and uh, yeah, I, I just. Uh, it's almost going to be one of those, it's almost going to be a complete rebuild. I think, you know, from the inside out. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't see them retaining many. I don't know. It depends on what they do in the offseason. I don't know. Yeah. Cause me and Fernando were talking about it. Like the last couple of years, this team has needed pitching and this pitching staff the last dozen years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but this, this year alone, like me and Fernando were like, man, this team, if we had this pitching last year, we're in the postseason. Because the hitting was much better with some of the same guys. Yeah, it's it's just this year the pitching's so much better. Even prior to the trade, they're still holding teams under four runs or less. But we're averaging one point five a game, and like you said, you know, like the whole team had a cold streak. At some point, you know, most teams I've seen over the years watching baseball, you know, will dig themselves out of it. They'll try a new routine. Something will change, and they'll they'll you know pick a cowboy hat like thing to get them motivated, and they'll get going. But, but it's been since halfway through May and nothing has changed moving no. forward. Yeah. And like, it's, you know, it's, we have been snake bit, you know, with again, trout going down and, you know, Rendon again, mm-hmm. you know, he's uh, God, I, what's he, what's he played in 150 games? Yeah. Less than that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it, it. it is three years with the angels. He's played less than Pujols did in his first season. I People read that. Like sa- to, okay. I read that same stat. Yeah. I read that same, or he plays only played five more games. In yeah. three seasons, the Pujols played in that one year. Yeah, and for everyone who wants to say Pujols was, you know, past his prime and, you know, wearing down when he was an angel, that's, you know, playing 155 games is pretty damn good to me. But, yeah, yeah. so, you know, we've, so, you know, we, you know, Fletcher, obviously another one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we've been, you know, it's that's not an excuse. We have been snake bit. But at the same time, you know, snake bit, everybody going cold, uh, nobody hitting the ball. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's the perfect storm to give us a season like we're having. Hey, 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 it's Todd Fox from Halos in the Infield. Have you ever thought of owning your own Amazon store? Amazon is making a killing nowadays. I've been hearing a lot of buzz about people making additional income through Amazon. And that's what we all need to do, especially with the price of gas soaring, food prices on the rise, and the economy taking a fall. So why not make some extra money? So there's this company I know about called Riley Ecom who can help you set your own store up without having to spend hours learning how to run it. They do everything for you. So if anyone is interested in knowing more about owning an Amazon store or has any questions at all, please call Jason at Riley Ecom at 562-455-7154. Tell him that Todd Fox sent you. Once again, that's 562-455 7154 because who can use some easy money right now and some extra money i know i can how about you absolutely and your opinions on the trades that they did with Syndergaard going marsh obviously because was he a fa- was he a favorite of yours marsh or Syndergaard? you know i like i really liked um uh i was excited to get Syndergaard. um i think he was um he did okay i think he was suboptimal he was you know just kind of okay uh, I really enjoyed the energy Marsh brought to the squad. Absolutely. Um, you know, I really thought, um, uh, you know, he's, he's very quick. Uh, you know, he's, 
kind of was waiting for his bat to, to catch up to what he was doing in the field. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed him. Um, I was sad to see him go just because I, I personally enjoyed him. I thought he was very charismatic and brought a lot of fire and, and was kind of a spark that this team needed. Mm-hmm. You know, this team is very, it can be very dreary sometimes. So he was always a guy that was kind of that ball of energy. Uh, so uh, for that reason, I'm happy. I'm sad to see him go. Uh, you know, it's, it's yet to be determined how everyone else is going to work out. Uh, I think Moniac's already hurt, right? Moniac already injured. Yep. Yeah, he got hit yeah. in the hand. Yeah, uh, is he is he done? Is that a fracture? Is he? He might come back. They're saying at the very end, but I mean, yeah. you know, might as well just scratch him. Yeah, I mean, you know, and uh, you know, the catcher we got from Philadelphia, he's you know in the in the in the system now, so you know, oh, yeah, we'll see we'll see how that all develops. Um, you know, this season, unfortunately, is a wash. So I think they're just trying to make something happen with, you know, letting Syndergaard go and letting Marsh go. And you know what? Those guys, uh, you know, Brandon Marsh, he's a guy I'll root for, you know, just because mm-hmm. of his time on this team. He's a guy that I will, whatever happens in his career, I'll be kind of, you know, watching from afar and hoping that he does well. Agreed. What about Rysel Iglesias? Were you pretty bummed to see him go? Uh, yes and no. Um he, my opinion was a little inconsistent. Um, I always thought he overpitched, but you know what? One of my favorite closers we had was Frankie Rodriguez and he would overpitch. He would, <laughs> yeah. you know, God, he would scare, he would scare me to death sometimes, you know, just <laughs> that, that, that bite on his breaking ball. Sometimes it would just like, God, stop throwing him in the dirt, man. Yeah. But you got the job done. And, you know, Iglesias kind of reminded me of, of K-Rod a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm kind of of the mindset of this year. Let's, you know, let's see how Heger can do. Let's see how some of the other guys can do. And let's try to like find somebody, you know, and groom them for that role. If we're not going to go out and actively get somebody for that role specifically, let's try to, you know, it kind of seems like that's what they're kind of trying to do is trying to find their guy. Who's going to be the closer, at least for the tail end of, of the, you know, 2022 campaign. So I wasn't, um, you know, my, my take on all the trades were, was basically at least they're doing something mm-hmm. you know we haven't had a lot to be excited for as angels fans this year so you know mm-hmm. if, if they're making any type of noise i'm 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 invested because i'm a diehard fan i'm all in so uh at least they're trying something i guess that's okay you know i'm i'm, I'm uh, cautiously optimistic there you go that's what i'm looking for so you brought up k-rod and uh, we have something here called the question of the day where we, you know, every morning we'll ask a question uh, pertaining to the angels. And a couple of months ago, we asked, is Francisco Rodriguez a hall of famer? So just as a refresher, he's got 437 career saves. He's got a career ERA of 2.86 and he only lost 53 games. Is Francisco Rodriguez a hall of famer in your opinion? I mean, if the criteria we're judging on is strictly numbers, and if you put those numbers up against others who are already in or in consideration to go in in that position as a closer, I would say yes. I mean, again, being an Angel fan, I'm very, very impartial. (laughs) Um, But I mean, like I said, I don't, you know, I don't have the numbers in my head of all the guys that are in there as closers of, Eckersley's and all those guys, you know, but, um, I mean, God, what'd you say his ERA was, that was two something. That's 2.86. Yeah. 2.86. That's pretty. And, and the, and the, the amount of losses he had, that's, those are, those are some strong numbers, man. Like, I, I mean, 
he's a guy that should seriously be put on the ballot when he's eligible. He know? is this I mean, year, I believe. So this he is coming. okay, yeah. Because yeah. he has he has better save numbers than Billy Wagner and I believe Lee Arthur Smith, who are both in the uh, Hall of Fame. Okay, so well, that's good. Uh, that's uh, you know, it's a tough sell trying to get a closer in there. I mean, you know, over position players, mm-hmm. guys that are you know that were are and were stars and more popular and that were you know like more attainable. It's uh, it's probably a tough sell, but like I said, if you're gonna judge by the numbers. And that's the criteria we're putting guys in the, in the hall. Let's, you know, let's put him on that ballot. And, you know, let's hope the sports writers do the right thing. And hope we have and, a, and hope he picks the right hat too. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's hope he picks an angel. He was here for the longest portion of his career. So yep. hopefully that helps, but uh, who knows? I mean, I, I, maybe I'll need to text Jeff Fletcher and uh, we'll have to get him I, I, on. Cause obviously he's the head of that yeah. committee. I will say this going to closers, um, Troy Percival, Mm-hmm. Um, obviously another angels closer. Absolutely. Uh, so when he, I'm sure you guys, if you were going to games at the time, I'm sure you were when he would, when he would come out to, uh, Godsmack, uh, he, would oh, yeah. to, he would come out to the, uh, what's the, oh, the song, I can't believe it. The song's escaping me now. Um, oh man, I can't, it'll come to me in a second, but they'd crank that up and he oh, would, and he would sprint from the bullpen to the mound. Boy. Dude, being there live, that would be that. That was like a wrestler making his entrance. Yeah, keep away. The song's called "Keep yeah, Away." Keep away. Keep away. Keep yeah. away. Yeah, when they would crank that up, I remember being there live, and it was like I would like get goosebumps because he played <laughs> big pop and he would sprint from the dugout to the where the grass stopped and then walk to the mound. And man, it was so cool. What badass walk up music that was for a for a for a closing pitcher to have. Keep away. That's so cool. Were you there for Hansel Robles when he came out to the Undertaker's entrance song? And he's no. Come out- and there no, was the, I, the white horse. Yeah, yeah, I would hear it. I, I never saw it, but I would hear it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was that was a, a really fun entrance too, just because it was so different. You know what I mean? Yep. Such a slow paced song. Yeah. He had that slow paced jog. It, it was different, yep. but awesome. Yeah, it fit. Yeah. And speaking of Percy, in those magical years, he was here in the Rodriguez run in O two. Where were you? Uh, did you catch any of the playoff games, or or what was your feeling that season prior to their playoff run, and then? What were you feeling? I mean, did it did it feel unreal that you were actually seeing the Angels get to heights they'd never been to before? Yeah, I was. I remember being very, very busy um, uh, doing. I was. I was not with TNA yet. I was, you know, just kind of an independent guy. But I was. I remember every week I was. So I was. I remember watching a game in Arizona before during a show. We had a locker, a TV in the locker room, watching. I remember watching a game in New Jersey. I remember watching a game somewhere else and. It seemed, you know, for every game, I was somewhere else, somewhere else. I was just all, all over the place. But, you know, obviously watching. I was even in Australia for a, for wow. a couple. Yeah. Um, but their game, the, fi- the final game, I was home. I was actually went down my parents' house. And, uh, you know, which was very special because, again, them being huge Angel fans, to watch mm-hmm. it at their house and to watch that last out be caught uh, at home and to celebrate with them was very cool. I'll never forget that. Awesome. Oh. You know, very, very cool. And, um, and, uh, yeah, and, uh, the only one. So, yeah. But no, that was a fun, that was a fun season. Uh, I, I, uh, I've never yet been to a playoff game live. Uh, okay. I went to several, I went to several games that year. Though I remember those, those early 2000 years when I would go with my family, we always sat out in what they called the family section, which is just the, uh, left field porch where, mm-hmm. 
and uh, we would always sit out there, always have a blast. But yeah, I've never, I've yet to do that. I'd like to catch that playoff atmosphere at a, at, at a game. Not going to happen this year, but maybe next <laughs> yeah. year. So yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Would, so we talked a little bit about the trade deadline. So if you're the uh, Perry, would you have traded Otani at the trade deadline? No, I mean, you know, not this year. Uh, if you're going to do something like that, that's, I don't think that's a, mid-season trade deadline type trade that's you're talking about a once in a generation player and that's going to be a either a major off-season deal involving tons of money and tons of players and it's there's so many huge ramifications that would be part of that i don't want to see him go anywhere again selfishly because i want him to be an angel a career angel and, mm-hmm. and win world series and titles and Cy youngs and, and everything else with us uh having said that you know at, at at the position we're in right now i mean if you want to rebuild and get some quality quality players that that might be an option because you know you're gonna if you're gonna get rid of someone like that you're going to ask for a ton in return absolutely so we saw Um, what happened with Juan Soto right right exactly so yeah and a lot of people a lot of my baseball friends we talk about that and it's like you know it's almost like one of those you know it's like you're cutting off your nose to spite your face for the greater good of the angels Mm -hmm. do you want to let this once in a lifetime generational piece of gold that we have go you know, and hopefully win and hopefully be successful and in return, maybe set our franchise on the right path, a path that we haven't been on in a dozen years. Yeah. Uh, you know, tough. I, I would like to, I would like to think there's a way we can go forward with Trout and Otani together and a new crop of guys and some of our prospects coming up and guys getting hot at the right mm-hmm. time. I hope it happens, man. I don't know. And see, you sound a lot like us because that's how we feel. Like there's there's a good and bad to both sides of, of holding on to both. You you could do like what you said and get the right pieces to go around them, but it's a risk. You could trade and get a bunch of young guys to support your team like Washington, but it's yeah. a risk that they all pan out, you know, and that you're building for yeah. the future. Right. And like, you know, I, I like – I'm such a big fan of Mike Trout that I don't want him to become the Barry Sanders of baseball. Yes. You know, I don't want him to be that guy that's maybe top three at that position ever, but you know, other than his incredible work that he's done, what does he have to show for it in terms of penance, you know? Um, You know, so for like, I, I hate to say this, but like, so say if they unloaded Mike Trout and sent him to Philadelphia you know, where he was, where he was born, you know, where the team Mm -hmm. he grew up watching and he was successful there. Of course, I'm going to be a fan of Mike Trout regardless, you know, he's, you know, but like, you know, I, you know, we have this guy, we have Otani build around him. I mean, that's Mm kind of like every angel fan for the last couple of years have been almost like banging our heads against the ground saying like build around these guys. Yeah. Like, please like Artie, somebody like, listen, my God, it's like, but it seems like it all falls on deaf ears. Yeah, I think it's always just been uh, already getting out of his own way. We've always kind of said, you know what I mean? It's the it's the big contracts. I mean, Artie Moreno spent over a billion dollars on failed athletes. You know what I mean? You had the Hamilton yeah. contract, the bulk of oh. the Pujols contract. You yeah. know, 
I'm hoping that I'm wrong about Rendon, but as of right now, it's not looking too good. You know what I mean? Yeah. We have a lot of guys here who have just been failed money. It's not that Artie right here doesn't spend money. It's just always that it's not the smartest way to spend money. You know, you have good baseball guys who yeah. probably aren't making those deals. I told Todd in the offseason, and people laughed at me when I said Billy Upper was never the issue in Anaheim. Yeah. People literally laughed at me. And now look at what he did with the Mets. They're yeah. a good organization. They have an owner who, you know, is out of his own way. He'll give you the money, but he's going to let his baseball guys make those baseball decisions. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, look at right now with the money we got tied up in Trout, Otani, and Rodeau. Like, those, you know, those three players. Like, yeah. that's a lot. That's a, that's a and lot And Otani's making like $5 million. Imagine yeah. when he gets his extension. Just just oh, wait boy. for that to happen. Oh, boy. That's going to be it. The, the end of next season is going to be interesting very yes. very interesting. yeah it's really like depending on how well the angels it's it just it's going to be a very interesting time for us as angels fans depending on what happens next year depending on how successful we are and what happens it's going to be uh, i think we're gonna be gritting our teeth and uh sweating a little bit yeah do you think otani sticks around long term do you think an extension actually happens I, again uh, optimistically I would love that to happen. I hope so. Um, I've read a couple of interviews of him lately where he's like, you know, he sounds, he's happy to be here, but he's, he wants to win. Yeah. You know, Otani wants to win. So um, again, I think next year is going to be very telling. I think, I can't think if the angels can be in a position where they are competitive for a wild card or even get a wild card spot. I think that might be the spark that would, you know, maybe allow Otani to say, okay, you know what? This looks like something that could change for the better. I'm in. I hope so. But for him being a guy that wants to win, the guy that got into the game to win, uh, I could, I can see, again, I could see him going back to the scenario we just talked about where they unload him for a ton of guys and a ton of money. I don't know. I really just, I, I, I'm, hoping that those two can stay together because I think that could be something if you built around those guys and the team gets hot and momentum hits, that could be something special going back to that golden era of baseball. People could be talking about the, yeah, do you remember the 2020s the squad the angels had, you know, mm -hmm. they could be talking about that for a long, long time. Cause that's what we were hoping. I mean, like in the first, you know, when this team was 27 and 17 off the bat, I was thinking this is a year we're going to, and Fernando was too, that we're going to get our feet wet in the postseason and then build on that for next season, like you were saying, hopefully getting Otani back. Because we were figuring, okay, if these three can stay healthy, you know, Trout can get back to MVP status. Uh, you know, uh, like you said earlier, Otani could be flirting with a Cy Young. Rendon's pitching in maybe 20, 25 homers, 80 RBIs, you know, 22 bags. It could be an exciting season. Uh, but but to me, this has been so frustrating as a fan watching it, this team. Yeah, it's and it's like what happened? Like, oh, like what? Yeah. That that's the, I can't put my finger on what the hell happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because because you know, and it's, it's they teased us because you know that be, the beginning of the season, man. I was this exactly like you guys. Like wow, this is it. Yeah, yep. this is it. We've we're we've doing built it. Upon, yeah, we've built upon what we needed to build upon. We've improved. We are clicking. Yep. And then like, I, I still, to this day, like what, what happened? Yeah. yeah we got a, a crazy stat the other day that they're 23 and 52 in their last like 75. I, I I've never seen a team be like that ever. Jeez. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So 
Todd and I have already asked ourselves this question multiple times. Is this the most frustrating angel season you've ever seen, especially because the first month and a half was so positive? Yes, that that it's toyed with my emotions in ways that people <laughs> people that aren't angel fans can't imagine uh, That's because okay. because we did start off so hot and because we do have like a good squad mm-hmm. and and uh, it's just you know it's just and then you go back to like the things like striking out looking and you then flying out infield flyouts and like just and blown saves and it's yeah, it's frustrating because of who we have. It's frustrating because of how how meteoric our start was. Um, yep. And it just, yeah, it just, you know, there's so many times I'm, you know, on my back deck watching the game and at the end of it, I'm like, well, there's another three and a half hours I'll never get back. <laughs> like, thanks, yeah. Angels. You know, I just gave that to you and you gave me, you know. But, <laughs> uh, but you know. But we still love you, right? Loss. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. But you know what, man? If you're not with them when they're at their lowest, you don't deserve to be with them when they're at their highest. You know, like I agree. That's what being a fan is, man. Like I, I, I wear this stuff proudly, man. No matter what, no matter what. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yep. We wear this year round, even though we get criticized, but it is. Oh what yeah, it is, especially man. being in SoCal, you got the you got your Dodger fans, and you know it's like. Or like people always like, oh, how come you're not a Dodger fan? Because I'm not. Because I'm an yeah, every time, you know. <laughs> I grew up watching the Dodgers too. I was, you know, I was watching in 88. I was, you know, uh, but I'm an Angels fan, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an Anaheim Angels fan. There, there you, go. you go. Can we get, are we to switch that too? Cause that could be the first, you know, could we get that back? Yeah. Right. I, I, I've, I've been wanting to go back to California personally. I'd be fine with that too. Perfectly it, fine with that. And we were just talking about that the other day, speaking of which uh, dropping the name, but uh, you know, we've worn these red and whites for about 20 years. What, what would your, uh, we, we, I put that out on the post game. What would your thoughts be Frankie about actually going back to more of like, you know how like the Royals have and the uh, blue Jays have gone back to the powder blues at times. What yeah. about like a good retro of look to the new angel uh, uniform? Maybe I, I would be cool with that. Um, I would, uh, I, I personally, I like the city select jerseys this year. The city, yeah, select the city connects. I think city connect cities connect. Yeah. I like rocking the shirt of it right now. There you so go. Yeah. Yeah. I love right. those. Yeah. Um, uh, those are great. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be uh, opposed to that. Uh, I personally was not a fan of the blue pinstripe. Oh yeah. Not those. winged a that. <laughs> not those. Yeah. I, I those. was the only one who liked them. Oh I love man. <laughs> I remember just I remember being a younger a younger man, preteen or teenager when that and I was just like, oh God. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, that's because they went away from you know the the A's with the blue and red waistband and yep. the and the yellow halo, you know. Like I love those. I love those throwbacks. Like, yeah. The, I you know, I always say the Nolan Ryan, the Reggie Jackson era. Yep. The, you know, the mid-80s. And then uh, you know, when they went to those A with the wings and the blue <laughs> and the light, oh boy. The Disney oh. era ones. Yeah, no good no good yeah um yeah i mean yeah it's been it's been a minute since we've really kind of switched up the look um yeah there could be something you know there could be maybe incorporate you know some more of the blue i don't know you know Mm -hmm. like yeah i really like i I think they still have a sharp looking uniform i love the home uniforms with the red jerseys and the white Mm -hmm. pants i think that's the best look uh yeah you know hey that might be something else you know that helps turn things around you never know strange things happen you know, it's it's worth a try. 
Hey, we changed the uniform and then immediately won the World Series. So yeah, maybe we need to change the uniform exactly. again. Exactly. That's the first year they switched to those. And if right. nothing else, they'll sell a ton of them, you know. Exactly. Because oh, yeah. yeah. we're all fanatics. I'll go out and buy the new hat and the new shirt and everything else. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Just- I... I'm a hundred percent the kind of guy who's like, damn it, already sell the team. And then they're like, Oh, new uniform, New Jersey. I'm like, all right, I'll take six. Yep, <laughs> yeah. Right over here. My good man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All you need to, is the right players to model those. Like they had with Syndergaard and those beach pitchers with trout and everything. It's like, Oh yeah, those are fresh. I want those. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I tell my wife, cause she's a Jays fan all the time. I'm, I've always been a fan of anything powder blue. Like I mm-hmm. love the, I always dug the Royals. I always dug the twins when they had those, Yes, the Jays. Oh, yep. you know, like I, I, I like that, you know, that reminds me of like seventies, eighties baseball. Like, you know, yeah. yep. like I like, I like that. Like the, the gritty old baseball. The, the look, what, gr- look what happened to the Padres since they went back to a Brown and they, that the, their uniforms before that were the plainest, most yep. generic Mm-hmm. boring vanilla uniforms ever they went back to the brown and yellow and they've been a fun-ass team to watch you know like yeah not saying that's the reason just saying <laughs> it, it helps it helps add to it you know yeah mm-hmm. it helps usher in new era when you can get the fans excited to wear it. i mean i grew up in san diego i lived there for 20 years before i moved to orange county and then had to move to texas but um you know growing up in san diego like i used to hate going to padres games the fans really weren't into it nobody wore any padres stuff but over the last you know three or four years since they went to the browns a lot of people wear them now granted you know coincidentally the team's winning so now the fans are coming out of san diego but you know it was a baseball town when i first you know was growing up there oh yeah i mean yeah same though i remember going to games there and like it was always the you know funny thing was whoever they were playing there was more fans of them Mm-hmm. Yep, you know it was always like that in San Diego during the the navy blue and orange days and stuff, and even up to a few years ago. But yeah, yeah. they've really they've really turned that for they're for their fun squad to watch too, and um and I really dig those jerseys going back to you know that's just that has a real retro feel of you know to it. It reminds me of like the seventies eighties. Absolutely. I got I got one more question for you as far as baseball. You brought up the Dodgers. And, you know, like we ask our fans a lot, you know, because I have a very deep hatred for the Dodgers. I don't, you know, but but I respect, (laughs) I respect what they do though. I, I, you know, I respect what they do. I just, I I can't stand them. Like, like my season ends when they're eliminated. I don't care who wins the world series after that. Are are you that type or, or, or how are you, how are your feelings toward the Dodgers? Yeah. So I'm, I'm not necessarily that uh, because again, I grew up a diehard angel fan, but at the same time, uh, my dad was raised in East LA and he was an angel fan, but he also, oh, he, you know, Dodgers were his national league team. My grandmother was a Dodger fan. So we went to Dodger games growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I got, you know, I got to see Fernando Valenzuela and I got to see Steve Sachs and Sosha and wow, okay. Hershiser and those guys, you know, and those guys to me growing up as a kid were equally the same caliber of superstars as the Reggie Jacksons and the Bobby Gritches and the Brian Downings and those guys. So it was, you know, so it was cool. You know, they were the other team. I went to the, uh, I went to the uh, parade when they won in 88 as a little kid, uh, you know, but I was an angel fan, but it was like, Oh, the other team, mm-hmm. you know, growing up as I got older, I really gravitated obviously a lot more towards the angels. And um, yeah, I, I, I have friends that are much like you and despise the ground Dodger fans walk on it. <laughs> Dodgers walk on. I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I, again, I watch them from afar and I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I don't hate their success. I don't hate it when they lose either. Um, 
I have friends that are Padres fans and feel the same way and hate, hate the Dodgers. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I think I, I dislike Dodger fans more than I like to dislike Dodgers themselves. Okay. I That's think fair. I dislike Dodger That's fan fair. base. I yeah, agree with the, that. The, the Dodger fan base can be, that can be a, that can be a difficult crowd to be around. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I like a lot of Dodger players, you know, I, I, I you can't possibly hate Kershaw. The guy, like, even yeah, if you yeah. physically try to hate Kershaw, you can't. He's a good guy. He's a yeah. good player. Right. And, but, that, you know, and this, you know, we just lost Vin, you know, that, yeah, that, yeah. that, you gotta love Vin. That, I mean, you gotta respect that franchise, you know, because, I mean, <clears throat> not, not for nothing, you know, in LA sports, it's, you know, whether you like it or not, it's still a Dodger and a Laker town. Yeah. You know, even though the Rams just won a, a Super Bowl and I'm a huge Rams fan, which is cool, but it's still, you know, the sports teams in this town are the Dodgers and the Lakers yeah. in this, in this in the Southern California region. So, and the Dodgers, they, they have a remarkable history and they've um, it's a storied franchise. And, you know, so you got to respect that aspect of it. But having said that as an angel fan, yeah. Dodger fans, not my favorite people. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, they, they got bored of fighting the other fans. Now they're fighting <laughs> each other. I've seen yeah, all good. these videos. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Knock yourself out. That's what Twitter's for, just to see Dodger fights. Literally, literally, knock yourselves out. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, right. And I will say this: I actually enjoy Dodger Stadium. Getting to Dodger Stadium, I can't stand because yeah. it's yep. a saga to try to get the same. Which again is another reason I love Angel Stadium. Uh, yep. The Big A, in and out. It's I'm never, I'm never waiting more than five minutes to get in or out. Anytime I've been there, I love it. You ever tailgate over at the park? Uh, I, many years ago, yeah, I. Uh, Nowadays, I'm just going usually with my wife and my and my nine year old boy and my mom. Well, if you're so, if you're in town September 17th, we're doing a tailgate at the park. So, book it, book it. You got my info. Hit all me right, up, man. I'll yeah. be there. All right, cool. I'll yeah, be there. I'll be I'll be drinking all the free beer you guys have. I'll oh, be- we'll, we'll load it up <laughs> for you, man. Just let us know what's your favorite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we used to, back in the day. I went a couple of times with friends, and they had um, you know, they bring a couple RVs and. You know, we get there early and it's, it's fun. That's great. You know, it's fun times. All Can't right. go wrong with tacos, beers, and some baseball on a beautiful oh, Southern California oh. day. <laughs> oh, that's, that's heaven right there. Buddy. Right. That's why you pay the price, right? You know, oh, yeah, people yep, pay what yep. they do to live there. Is there yep. any other wrestlers that are uh, angels fans or, you know, just big, big baseball fans that you just constantly talk with? Um, God, you know what? It's not really baseball fans. I mean, there, there are some, uh, like a being on the road, we've gone to, you know, so there's a, a guy that works for AEW named Raphael Morphy. And he's the guy that basically books our venues for our live events and, um, brilliant, hardworking guy, really cool guy. He's a good friend of mine, huge baseball guy. So uh, I talked to him about it a lot. Uh, Taz is a big Mets guy. Oh yeah. So I, yeah. So I talked to him a lot. Um, Brian Myers, who's also a big Mets guy. I talked to, you know, I talked to him. Uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot of baseball guys. I mean, there's, some, you know, it's weird with wrestling now. There's some football fans, but a lot of wrestlers are not even like sports people anymore. It's weird. Like weird. when I was, when I was coming up, everybody almost seemed like all the boys in the locker room liked boxing and MMA and football at least. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of them like baseball too. Now there's so many guys just don't even watch sports. And I'm like, God, what? <laughs> Yeah. it's just we i don't know i'm, I'm weird man i if, if i beat someone there it's like oh i don't i could do without sports i'm just like we're probably not gonna vibe man because like it's <laughs> a, it's just such a big part of my life and my childhood and it's like you know and it's there's so many like baseball's life man baseball's mm-hmm. magic I've, 
it's, it's, it's there's so many metaphors in the sport that that translate to real life and it's just such a huge you know so so for someone that doesn't get it or doesn't even care to watch it's like eh, you know i'm probably going to gravitate towards the person that's you know the complete baseball fanatic you know yeah yeah my wife always asks you know like how do you like you know baseball i mean because she's a big hockey person obviously she's canadian so you know hockey to them you know that's what you're taught so you know she's a big ducks fan i'm a coyotes fan go figure but um yeah, the thing with baseball that I would just always tell her because she's like, how do you watch it? I would just tell her that I love baseball because, you know, for three hours, you don't have a care in the world. You're at a baseball game and it's just a happy three hours. You got nothing to worry about and you just got to sit back and relax. But, you know, I will admit it's really hard to go to a baseball game and truly enjoy it if you don't understand the game inside the game. Sure. Oh, I can 100 uh, percent. I can. I can see how a baseball game would be boring because that's that's yeah. the criticism. It's like, how can you go to baseball games? They're boring. You know, they're, you're just there for three hours and it's absolutely, you're right. I, I, and I was telling my son this, I was like, you know, I was like, baseball games do get boring. They do. But like that, it can flip and it could be the most exciting thing you've ever seen in your Mm -hmm. life. Yep. You know, it's, it's, you know, and, but for the, for the untrained eye or for the fan that is just a casual fan, you know, if you're not invested in the players or the teams and you're just there at a game because you got, you know, your buddy had an extra ticket and you came along. Yeah, you know, you're not going to be, but for us that are invested and that grew up watching it and that love it and that, you know, that think it's magic because I 100% think baseball is magic. Uh, you know, it's, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like going, there's never a bad day at the baseball park. Yeah, because I could tell you real quick if, if like home runs are nice and everything, but to a casual fan that goes, and I've been there a few times this season where, you know, I'll prefer a guy at first base and they hit the gap with a line drive. And then you're looking at the base runner where he's at, the outfielder, like like you you yep. get your adrenaline pumping because you're like, okay, oh god, there's yeah. a play at the plate, you know, there's me a throw, and Third then big coach winding them, yeah, yeah, yep. and, and then you're seeing, okay, is a ball, you're you're gauging is the ball going to get there at the same time, and if it does, you're looking at the ump, and then you see him say safe, and the place goes nuts. Yeah, I mean, there's not a, a better feeling. No, what a pop! What like it's like you said, it's an adrenaline rush, you know, yeah. and it's just it's like again, there's moments. Everything is about moments, and like. Like baseball just has a certain uh, mystique to it that other sports don't, mm-hmm. you know, there's a certain magic. I don't know if you guys saw it today in the little league world series, the kid that got hit. Oh yeah. Did you see? And like, but, I, but I what, know. What, okay. So what a moment. I mean, like, so this kid, you know, he, uh, he let one go and a kid took a, took a ball, an ear hold him mm-hmm. and it put him down and yeah. it was, it was scary. And he like crumbled and uh, you know, trainers came out and everything and it was tense and, you know, eventually got up and, you know, walked to first base. The pitcher, the kid that threw the ball was so shook. He was like basically just standing there crying on the mound. Mm-hmm. The kid that got hit, took his helmet off, walked over and like gave the guy a hug. And then all the infield came in and the coaches came in. They all hugged the kid and like, oh, like uplifted. Dude, dude, it was, it, I got goosebumps right now talking. About so it's just like moments like that. It's like, that's a lesson. That's a life lesson right there mm-hmm. that this, you know, that our fun little game gave us. It's, there's nothing like it, man. Well, like in Moneyball, how can you not get romantic about baseball? You know, right. I mean, it's exactly. just—it's it, it really. I mean, there's nothing more magical in all of sports than a walk-off in baseball. I don't care if it's a home yep. run or a hit. 
You know what I mean? That yep. feeling. I remember being at a, uh, at a freeway series game when Cameron Mabin struck out to win the game. And yes, I said that correctly. Yeah. Yes. Mighty Grandall threw the ball in the right field. Oh yeah. Cameron Mabin ran a first base. <laughs> Brent Revere scored. I was at that game. I've never gone so ballistic in my life. It was just the most bizarre moment. I've never seen somebody strike out to win a game. And that's just a moment where you're like only baseball could do that. that yeah. That might, you might, you might not see that again ever. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. not. <laughs> One of the games I was at this year, um, I failed to mention, was a was a Rendon walk off. Oh, uh, there you go. The one against Washington. Yes, mm-hmm. and that was the first. Um, that was the first walk off I've ever seen live. Oh wow! Really? And, and again, it was just, dude, it was nuts. And then everybody's leaving the stadium, high fiving. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. on a high. There's a buzz <laughs> yeah. as you go out of the stadium. It's it's so cool, man. Nothing like. It. The getting was good back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah right lots changed since yeah yeah that's that's the interactions that a lot of people forget about too is when you leave a walk-off like that and like oh, yeah. again you know not knowing uh the the person next to you and you don't care you're just like yeah fist pump oh, high five oh yeah i mean that's awesome high five and everybody around you strangers it's, it's the <laughs> yeah. best man yeah yeah so last question i have for you what what's your favorite baseball movie if you had to pick one hands down without hesitation major league Okay. Um, the first one major league the first one yes yeah. the first okay. one <laughs> but certainly not the third one, one. <laughs> um we, we uh, try not to talk about the third one <laughs> for uh for this reason um two of my best friends who i'm still video friends with to this day uh grew up watching that movie and quoting it to each other at nauseum to <laughs> you know to this to the i mean i don't know if you guys are fans of that movie i'm gonna go ahead and assume you are mm-hmm uh, to this day, uh, I was in my hot tub the other day getting in and my buddy was over and I did the Lou Brown, oh, this old body could use the soap. And I, was, <laughs> I quote that movie to this day at nauseum and I, I absolutely love it. Um, uh, just brilliant. Uh, followed very, very, very closely by Field of Dreams. Mm, yeah. Uh, th- those are my one and two um, for me. Yeah, I definitely like to pretend I'm a macho man, but anytime uh, that scene happens where he's playing catch, where he wants to play catch with his dad, I'm all, every time, like, here comes the waterworks. You can't, you can't help it. Well, you're a human being and you have emotions, so you can't help it, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the best movie moments uh, of my life, that that moment right there. James Earl Jones' speech about baseball. Oh, yeah. Takes your breath away. And that's why, that's why I love the fact they went back there and played last year, the Yankees and White Sox, and what a game. You know, that was uh, unreal. again, again, going back, it's magic, man. Of course, the, that game ended like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens this year with the Field of Dreams game. I don't think they can repeat the magic of last year no. because it was the first time. I mean, sure. Is Kevin Costner going to get lost coming to the pitcher's mound every year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it'll be cool. That's that's uh, that's something I'm I'm really glad they're doing, though. That's how cool is that? And, yeah. and w- one last question for me: Thoughts yeah. on the World Baseball Classic and Mike Trout being Captain America? I, I like. I I was psyched. I was cool. That was um. I was really happy. I, I'm with his back now. I'm hesitant that I don't know if that's still going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't. Uh, I think it was up to Mike Trout, a hundred percent. He would still do it, but I think maybe the powers that be and the, you know, the higher ups might want him to not risk potentially you know, straining or further injuring the back. Um, uh, I, I thought it was cool because it just, it's a, it's a statement to how much the guy loves the game. You know, he wants yep. to just play. He wants to represent his country and play baseball. And probably just wants to 
win something. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. You know, maybe you saw this as his opportunity to win something. Um, yeah. I don't know though, man, right now. Um, yeah. I think it's a dicey situation. I don't know if, uh, and for good reason, I could see, you know, the angels organization, maybe you saying, let's pump the brakes on that. Cause we need you healthy for, you know, what we want to do. True. Yeah. Especially with this potentially being Otani's last season in an angels Correct. uniform coming up. I mean, right. we, we talk about the one year window closing quickly. You know, you, you have one year here, one off season to prove to this guy, a generational talent that he needs to stick around because if not, you know, rebuild mode is going to come real quick. Yep. Yeah, absolutely, man. Let's just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm, I have blind optimism when it comes to the team. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. So let's, uh, let's hope we can pick this conversation up in a year and be talking about how, how awesome it is that the angels are 18 games at first. And, <laughs> you know, well, we're going to hold you to that. Yeah. yeah in let's, a year, do so. let's do let's, it, man. Let's see if we're all halo honks come this time let's next year. Hell, yeah. We're on the, we're on the halo honk mode. Let's hope so, man. <laughs> Aylin, a great interview uh, and, and spending time with you, uh, Frankie. It's good to, to meet a fellow Angel fan, especially a, a, a fan of uh, wrestling, as we are, to, to, to talk to you, too, and, and to spend some time with us. So we really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, guys. I mean, like, uh, you know, always happy to talk baseball, man. You know, this is, uh, this is just – this is the same conversation I'd have with my buddies, you know, out back smoking cigars and having whiskey. You know, just talking baseball. I, I love it. I could talk baseball. I could talk music all day. So thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it, guys. Oh, sweet. Thank Absolutely. You, no problem. All right. All right, so all right. So this has been another episode of Halos in the Infield with your host, Todd Fox, and uh, our guest, Frankie uh, Carzina. If you want to see him on uh, AEW, check that out. Uh, what are the times for the shows on the West Coast? Uh, so I think it's, it's uh, 8 p.m out here and if you get the east coast feed that's obviously 5 p.m for dynamite and rampage is uh 10 o'clock or seven o'clock if you get the east coast feed sweet well there you, you want to drop your socials real quick or yeah uh, i mean yeah you can find me um, i'm most active on twitter and that's just frankie kazarian on twitter uh instagram's frankie kazarian official uh yeah twitter i'm usually talking something um, if i'm not talking about music or i'm probably talking about angels baseball or some other type of nonsense but uh yeah give me a follow man i like talking to fellow angel fans and uh you know, I like, I like, I like communicating, like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll message or I'll um, tweet Gooby in the middle of the game. And, you know, cause, cause I, cause I think the world of that guy and, you know, it's, he's, he's those guys. That's one thing I didn't mention is that I, our, our, our announcers Gooby specifically do such a good job at keeping the game interesting mm-hmm. when in uninteresting times uh, you know, there's so many times where the game is lagging. Those guys never are not giving their all and keeping the audience engaged and being yeah. either funny or telling you a, a fun stat or a fun story. Those guys are great. In my opinion. Gooby is the top dog in the industry. Literally we've had, we've had almost, we had Rick Waltz on, we had Pat, uh, guy Sutton on last year, you know, so we, we, we were, we're supposed to have Victor Rojas on soon and everyone just always says how good Gooby really is in the booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is. He's phenomenal, man. He's one of the, yeah. one of the, one of the very best to do it. And, uh, uh, I, I, I always go out of my way to tell him that, at least on social media. And this just appears to be such a, a wonderful guy. You know, seems like such a happy, genuinely good dude. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very positive guy. We've yep. called him the Tony Romo of our uh, baseball crew. Because he seems to call the pitches before they happen. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a great analogy, as a yeah. matter of fact. Yeah, it really is. 
Absolutely. He's called our post game show countless times. He's been on our show many times. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh, he's a great cool. guy. He he's really fun mm-hmm. to talk baseball with. Cool. Give Gooby my best. We'll do. We'll do. Cool. Thank you, boys. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Yep. You too. Thank Take you. care. Viva Los Angelitos and thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe wherever you found this podcast or wherever you find any of your podcasts. Make sure to check out our merch shop at redbubble.com. Simply type in halos in the infield or fast times. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on social media.